Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show, but before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcast, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com, where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs, and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. I have so many of those moments and experiences in my life where I'm like that one piece, that was the difference. And you listen that you carry that with you. 
But here, here's where I think people get stuck because the, they get that one piece quite often. And then they hear a story like yours and they go, oh, yeah, I got this piece. I'm going to go and build this incredible empire. And the truth is, like, when you are value driven, whether that's part of your ethos or your who you are as a human being, there is patience and a vast amount of it required. But often you have to give something up to get what you want. You were having a conversation with Jordan Harbinger one time and you were talking about the courage to quit. And that hit me so hard, dude, because the greatest change in my life came from quitting that did not bring me value. Talk about the courage to quit, John. Do you know how many people's lives suck right now? And I mean, are just like lives right now because they're afraid to quit. Like it's the majority of the population and I see it every single day. I see that person that's in law school on their first or second semester and they hate it and they're miserable, but guess what? They paid $20,000, $40,000 to be there and everybody thinks that they're in law school so it's so impressive. So they end up spending the next 40 years of their life being a miserable lawyer. Or the person that just read a book one day or saw a movie that, you know, watch Grey's Anatomy. And they're like, oh my God, being a nurse is amazing. Like you get to do this and you get to marry the doctor and you get to, and they become a nurse. And I've seen it happen to people close to me in my family, by the way. And they, you know, go to school, get the degree, get the job. And they're working 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. shifts overnight. And they're just miserable because they're just changing deadpans and they're just doing this. And they never thought that it was anything like that. And I'm just like, oh my God, like these people, they had this sunk cost fallacy. They think that just because they started going down the road, that it's too much energy or there's too much cost to turning around, going back to the beginning and trying again. And, you know, just to kind of give like a financial example, this happens all the time to people and in the stock market, like they'll buy a stock at like 20. They're like, oh my God, if it goes to 30, like I'm going to sell and I'm going to make 50% gain. It's going to be amazing. And then it goes to 40. And they're like, oh my God, it's at 40. And then it goes to 50. They're like, oh my God, like what happened to them selling at 30? Well, now they're not going to sell because now they're seeing real dollar bills. And then the stock starts going down. They're like, oh, if it just goes back to 50, then I'll sell. But now it's down to 40. Oh, it just gets back to 40, I'll sell. And then it's back to 30. Well, if it just gets back, and then, it, and then all of a sudden, they're in the red. And this happens all the time. And so it happens in finance, it happens in life, it happens in business, it happens in everywhere, this sunk cost fallacy. And it all stems back to people not being willing to have the courage to quit, the courage to know that I'm going to make a decision and it may not be the best decision that I could ever possibly make, but it's going to be a decision that I make. And I'm going to go forward, not look over my back in hindsight. And this kind of does bring me back to my army days. I'll tell a real quick story is that, you know, we were on a mission under fire and I was a platoon leader. So I had to make a decision. Now here I am, this 23 year old young buck, like I'm going to be like General Patton and make like the greatest decision in the world right now. That's going to win the war, you know? but I got to come up with the greatest decision. And he grabs me and throws me against the Humvee. He's like, LT, a good decision now is better than a great decision later because there might not be later for us. And like, I was like, holy crap, like he's right. Bullets are literally flying. So that's a, obviously an extreme example, but it's true in life as well. Like 
if you just go through life and you make really good decisions at every opportunity and you're just action, 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 take, making good decisions, it's going to lead to something great. But if you're frozen in the moment and you just are waiting for that great decision, you are never, ever going to take the type of action that it takes to be a massive success. So you need to understand the courage to quit, the courage to make a good decision and not worry that it's not a great decision, the courage to take action. Those things are critical to your journey. Yeah, 100%. And also, I think for, for clarity here, this is very much a not preaching from a pulpit. Like, I know, John, you quit multiple things, like law school, for example, even though you sunk cost into it because you looked at your life and you said, this isn't what I want. I quit a six-figure corporate job with a Fortune 10 company because it wasn't what I wanted. And the truth about life is this time right now, this moment, you're not quitting, you're not getting that back. And if you don't act, here's what's gonna happen. You're going to be on your deathbed and you're going to have regrets. And that is the singular worst thing I think that a human being could do in their life. But here's what I think is interesting, John. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. People want that. They want that life. They're like, I want to build this thing. I want to, whether it's a business or a relationship or a family or a career, whatever. They're like, I want that thing. And you said something that I wrote down one time that I think about literally almost every single day. You said, people want the gold, but they don't want the grind. What does that mean? Listen, if it was easy, every single person would be doing it. And then it wouldn't be worth anything. The best things that I've done in my life, in my world, have been grinding. Like, why is Entrepreneurs on Fire successful? Well, it's because back in 2012, I identified the absolute thing that was missing in the business podcasting space. There was a good number of business podcasts back then, but nobody, and I mean nobody, was doing anything more than a once-a-week podcast interview because it's a lot of work. You got to find the guest. You got to schedule time. You've got to interview them. You've got to edit it. You've got to upload it to your podcast host. You've got to do the show notes page. You've got to promote it on social media. Like that's, that's a lot of work and it is a lot of work. And I said, well, why is nobody doing an, a daily show interviewing entrepreneurs? Because it's too much work, everybody told me. My coach, my mentor, Jamie Masters, my mastermind leader, Cliff Ramescraft, it's just too much work, John. And I said, well, wait a second. If the two top people in the podcast space are telling me it's, it's too much work and it'll never happen, and I find a way to do it, think of that opportunity. Think of that. And this goes back to a quote that I'm a big believer in. The higher the barrier, the lower the competition. And a daily podcast is setting a very high barrier because it's so much work. Finding 365 guests a year, 365 show notes page, 365 editing, and you guys know the whole spiel by now. So much work, but guess what? Because it's such a high barrier, I had not only low competition, I had no competition. I was able to build a moat around my business. Why? because nobody was able to create the systems, the processes, and put in the grind and the work that it took 
to do a daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. And that's why I want it such a high level. So everybody wants entrepreneurs on fire. Like they want the 1 million plus listens per month. They want the 100 million total listens. They want the 3,000 episodes in their back catalog. They want the $200,000 we made last month on podcast sponsorships alone. They want the eight figures of revenue that we've generated over the past nine years in the business. They want the gold, but they're not willing to do the grinds. And those few people that are willing to do the grinds get the gold. When I went through the beginning of this journey, man, it was like crawling through glass. It was so hard because it was like all I ever felt like I was doing was breaking down. It's like every time I took a step forward, I'd be in therapy or in men's group or I'd be at an AA meeting or anything. And somebody would say something and I would be like, oh, my God, I'm such a like all these terrible thoughts would come. And then I started to realize this is just a domino effect, man. You knock down one domino, the next one's going to fall, the next one's going to fall. And you'll look back. You go take a step back. You look at all those dominoes and it's this incredible tapestry that's in front of you that all the things have happened as they're supposed to happen. And you can be the victim. And I don't want to take that away from you. You're allowed to have that. I, I even thought for the longest time, I was like, man, I deserve the world. Somebody owes me. Give me this. And I played that role really well. And then I was like, wait a second, man. Nobody actually owes you anything but you. Then you've got to get honest with yourself. And so because I know a little bit more about your story than I know that our audience does, what role did honesty play in your life? Yeah. And so you mentioned like, like it, it, it's like human consumption, right? It's like if, if I'm, if I'm consuming good insights and, and positive thinking and, and, and loving and unconditionally powerful stuff, that's, that's going to be the output of, of, of my experience. And so Brutal, I say brutal honesty. It, it's it's like to your point. You're like, I was telling you, like I I I was being the victim. I wanted to be rescued, and I was getting those needs met. Right, like I was getting in some version my parents to come rescue me. But what I was at, where I was at in life, wasn't where I wanted to be. And so, like that, that was that was the first bit of honesty that I needed to look at. Is like, are you really happy with who you are? Are you truly happy with where you are in life? And the answer was no, I was not. I was absolutely miserable. And and the turning point for me, I, I know we just talked about it, was when I was sued by the FTC because I couldn't believe that was the man I was. I couldn't believe. And be mindful, I got sober in 2001. So I have 11 years of sobriety at this point. Like I'm quote unquote working a 12-step program. And here I am at one of the lowest points of my life. And, and, and this is what's happening to me. So I needed to really have some reflection on like who I was and, and what was I consuming? Like, what information was I feeding my brain? You know, who, who did I have around me? You know, they, they say you want to see where you're going in life. Look, look at the sum of five people around you, and that's where you're going to be going. And at that time in my life, I didn't have positive people in my life. I didn't have people in my circle that wanted the best interest for me. And so I needed to change my circle. I needed to change the consumption of information that I was bringing into my mind. And, and it's, like, it's like planting seeds. Like if you plant corn, you're going to grow corn. If you plant wheat, you're going to grow wheat. If I plant, you're not going to get. Shit. So it's, it's, and that was what was happening for me as a child, dude. Like my parents were feeding me shit and they didn't know any better. And, and then once I got old enough and once 
these these moments happen for me to see like, hey, I, I had a stop in time. There's this moment of clarity. There was this insight, which was, you know, potentially, you know, losing my life October 8, 2001. That was a moment for me. I knew I needed to do something different. And so I made some decisions. And so everybody is going to be introduced with a moment in their life that they can make a different or they can make a different decision and get a different outcome. And so that's what happened for me. And so, but I needed to be honest with where I was at and who I was, which I didn't love. I don't think anyone loves it. Today, I don't even love it. My, I look at my values, my number one value is honesty. And a lot of days, dude, I don't love it. Because a lot of days I have to go stand in front of that mirror. I'd be like, did you show up? And, and I learned this from Brendan Burchard probably 12 years ago or something. This idea of did I live, did I love, did I matter? Then I ask myself those questions every day when I look in that mirror because I'm like, that's the crux of it. Like, did I show up? Like, was I of service? Did I do what I said I was going to do? You know, what I think that I, I really appreciate about these experiences and journey of honesty is if you're willing to do it, everything's different because you can't hide from yourself. I mean, how, how many times are you going to get caught up in the lie with the girlfriend? How many times are you going to get caught up in the lies and the cheating? How many times are you going to get caught up with the not paying the bills and going to collections and you're and hanging out with the people you know you're not supposed to be with and and drinking and getting high and all this stuff? And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, like, don't live your life and have fun and enjoy, but like, can you do it through truth? Can you do it through truth? And that to me was the hardest thing because I don't know about you, man. So actually, I'm really curious about this. My mother taught me how to be a liar. She was masterful. Like my mom might be the greatest liar to have ever lived. <laughs> like seriously, she got out of everything and she would get everything and she would just, and I would just watch because as children, of course, we're, we're learning. We're, we're in these developmental states. We're bringing in this data and this information. And so I became this person who could lie myself into or out of any situation. Like you, I could definitely sell ice to an Eskimo. That's how I became so successful at such a young age. And then I realize all I'm doing is taking from people. And so how do you navigate? And here's the truth. I know that I still lie. And immediately the thing that I do when I do it is I go, that wasn't true. I don't even know. I don't even know why I said it right. It's so, I have no idea why I just said this thing. And there are people who I know are like, man, everybody lies all the time. I'm like, okay, cool. But can you admit it? And I think that's mm -hmm. the thing, man. And, and, and to me, that admitting that came in the form of, and I know we talked about this before we got started. For me, that came in the form of Tony Robbins. He said one thing that literally changed my life. He said, life is happening for you, not to you. I'm the same guy who 17 years ago heard about Tony for the first time. I was like, that dude's foolish. That dude, he knows nothing of the world. What is this fool talking about? He never been to the hood. He doesn't know my life. And then I realized like all he's doing is telling the truth. What's that like for you? Like really in your day to day, honesty obviously switched for you, but what is it like for you as a human, as a man, as a spiritual being to live in your truth? You know, it's, it's wild. And actually Tony said this, he said, if you want to know what someone's lying, they say they don't lie. And so it's, it's a human experience, right? Like everybody, yeah. So, I mean, True. once I heard that, I was like, that makes sense. Um, you know, and, and, and what's interesting is, is, you know, I'm a seventh grade dropout. I still can grammatically destroy an email. I barely can write. 
you know, I have a hard time reading as it is. And so when I was, when I was in seventh grade, my parents, they got me this, uh, this program called Hooked on Phonics Works for Kids. And so it was like this, it, it was for kids that have learning disabilities. So I adopted this belief that, that I have this learning disability. And when my mm. sister passed away, that was more evidence that like something's wrong with me, right? My sister died, something was wrong with her. Well, clearly something's wrong with me. And here's evidence because my parents decided to give me this, this learning disability program. And so when I started on this new journey after being sued by the FTC, I realized that I wanted to create change and impact in people's lives. And through this journey, what I started to realize is the more vulnerable and the more open and honest that I was with individuals, the more I was able to impact and to, and to create change in their lives. And so I, I, that, was, that was my strategy. I was like, okay, like I may not be the best communicator. I may not be able to articulate my words properly. And, and you know, my, my, my vocabulary isn't what other people can have. But I was like, okay, what can, what can differentiate me from everybody else? And, and I realized that being honest with who I am, how I'm feeling, what, what my experience was like, was going to give people practical application, was going to actually show people because that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to have. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. have the ability to relate to you, and that's what Tony did, and that's what Tony taught me. And I've spent the last four years with Tony. I started, I went to my first event, August, 2018. After, uh, you know, horrific breakup, I was engaged. Um, and I went to a seminar for the first time. I've done about 30 seminars over the last four years with Tony. Um, I was also a part of his inner circle, which I'm extremely grateful for being in proximity of that man. And I realized that, that the reason why he is so successful and you said it is because he is so honest. He is truly telling you real life stories, real life examples. I have heard him say the same story every single event. And, and I always ask myself, like the first, like maybe seven or eight events, I'm like, why does he tell the same stories? But then I realized that he is just being completely honest and he's giving his life experience. And it's not about the story that he's telling. It's about the lessons in his story and the journey that he took with that lesson. And that's how people can create transformation is, is by overcoming objections through storytelling. And that's what Tony has mastered. And so like, I've heard the same story so many times, but now it's like, wait a minute, what's the lesson in the story? And how can that relate to my life? And how can I take those little nuances that, that are going to significantly change the entire trajectory of my life and apply them to my, my life and my principles? And you said to, you said to yourself earlier um, about you know, honestly not liking or loving 
I, I think you, I don't want to miss, miss, miss word it or miss, but did you mention something about like not loving yourself or not loving how you're showing up at times? Is yeah, that what you mentioned course. earlier? And when yeah. I started my own business, it was massively a struggle. It was painful. It was uncomfortable. It cost me everything, right? Because I was just chasing money. And what I'm getting to is I, I felt, and I still feel like in that time, not today, in that time that if I chase that at some point, I would hit a level of success that made me like myself. And I'm wondering if that's true. That's a hundred percent how I felt because there were times where I had a lot of money in the bank and I felt great. And I didn't have a lot of money in the bank. and I felt like total. And I realized that my identity was attached to the work and the money and not who I was as a person. And Dude, that just takes you on the wrong paths in a lot of areas. You approach relationships differently. You look at opportunities differently. And yeah, dude, I a thousand percent resonate with that. What's your identity today? Uh, so for me, man, like I'm, I'm a believer. So like I, I believe in God, I believe in Christ. And I think that for me, my identity is wrapped in like, how can I move the kingdom forward? What can I do for the kingdom? And I look at money as a fuel to move kingdom forward. And so my identity is wrapped in like, I have a bigger purpose. And for me, there's two things that I really push forward and like the things that I strive for. And it's like, it's more my why, but I kind of attach it into my identity even as like, dude, there are women and children today locked in cages being sold to the highest bidding pig in the room. It's like, my identity is like, I need to go save those people. And I know it takes resources to do it. And so my identity is like, how can I go get resources to get them out of those One of the things that we do with Think Unbroken is we donate to Operation Underground Railroad, which Thank I'm you. sure you must be familiar with. And, and I do that, one, because I grew up in an environment where you saw children being hurt constantly. I'm one of those children. And two, because when you really recognize the evil of money, the evil of money, I, I don't think it's about building big buildings and I don't think it's about luxury cars. And I don't think, I don't think that's the evil of money. I think the evil of money is what people do with it to hurt other people. Yeah. And because like human hunting is real. Human trafficking is real. Yep. Child sex islands are real. Yep. And people go, I'm mad at the 1% because they can buy all the Starbucks they want. I'm like, you guys are looking at this totally backwards. Totally you're, backwards. you're missing the point entirely. Why is it that now? And what has even shifted for you in which you have become, I'm going to call you a servant leader for lack of a better way to phrase it. What, what brought that on? Because you're still successful. You're more successful than you were a decade ago. Mm -hmm. You're doing better in business. You have a, a great home. You got Audis. You got the wife. Everything seems to be on paper what you're looking for. And yet there's that side of you where like, oh, no, I, I've got to give more. Like, why? Because most people don't. Whether they're making 50 grand or 500 million, they're like, I'm not going to give. I'm going to get me first, especially when they come from backgrounds like us. And so you and I have this very interesting parallel track where I'm looking at this. I'm going, yep, we were here. We were here together. We were here together. And now on the other side of it, we're here together. And so my, my shift came because I just simply realized at rock bottom when I was 50 grand in debt, borrowing money from my girlfriend to pay rent, it doesn't actually matter. That was for me. So I'm curious, what was the shift for you? I don't know if I can 
dealt, like nail down one single shift, man. Um, I've I've always been a, a kind person, right? And once I re- like once I started giving back and started actually like having how ha- here's where I think it came down to. Once I got to a place in life where I had more than I needed, and I saw other people struggling, and I started helping. Like selfishly in the beginning, it was like, that feels good, right? Like I was able to help them. And then it kind of actually got a little, I don't know, a little weird because it kind of went to my ego. It's like, well, I make such good money. I can go help people. Or I may, I had a really good month. I can go help this person. And, it, and it, it started feeding into my ego. And I had to take a step back at one point and realize like giving isn't about me. Like, sure, it makes me feel good. But giving to other people and helping other people, like, that's what it's about. And I think if, for me, what comes up when you say this is Ed Milet says this. He says, when I get to heaven and I see what the version of myself that God created me to be, I don't want to be a stranger to that person. And I don't want that strange, that person to be a stranger to me. And um, there's always been something inside of me that's like on the ego side of things that feels like I can just do anything. Like if you tell me, or if I want to do something like I will go do it and I will figure it out and I will win. Um, and because I have that talent and that, that skill set, if you will, that I've developed over training my mind for a decade plus, because I have that skill set, I owe it to myself and to other people and to God to go and actually do the things that I'm placed here to be. And if I make it about me, I'm just playing too small. And the rewards at that level aren't big enough for what I want. Whereas if I make it about other people, like, dude, my goal is to be able to rescue and rehabilitate 30 women a year. It costs about $80,000. I think last time I looked, it was about $83,000 to rescue and rehabilitate a, a, a child uh, or a victim of sex trafficking. And it's like, if I just made this about me, I could do a couple hundred grand or a million bucks in my business. Like, that's awesome. But if I make it about those other people, now I can create something much larger and not only can I help them, but now my clients, like their kids do the way that I work in my business and I operate in business is like my clients, children will never have to know the trauma that you and I grew up with. And that's important to me. And so if I can take and work with 70 clients versus seven and I can rescue 80 women instead of 30, like that just that just feels good. Like that's what I'm here to do. And I have that skill set that I've developed that allows me to do it that most people don't have the opportunity to get to. You know, growing up, we talk about the resilience early on. Dude, most people can't get punched in the mouth over and over and over and over and over and over again and keep going. I can. And as much as it sucks, those were the traits that I were given. And most people just won't ever get those. And so when you're you're my age, rewind 20 years ago. What were the things that you did that became the most practical shifts that you made in getting to where you are today? Because sometimes I get in this place, man, where I'm like, okay, I've done all these things and people go, you're super successful. And I'm like, I don't feel successful. I don't feel like I've really achieved the thing I'm trying to achieve. I don't feel like many things in my life are what I want them to be. Of course, I'm always moving towards them. I'm always growing mentorship, coaching, guidance, education, execution, obviously being the greatest form of learning. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering when you had that shift at 35, heading into the second half of your 30s, into your 40s, into your 50s, what were the things that really transpired? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
again, I'll go back to context on this. If you'll, you'll humor me for three minutes. Um, and I'm going to give you a, a very specific answer because what's important on that question is, you know, again, I am and was an entrepreneur. And, and so in everything that I've written and I teach, it's all from experience. And, and so with Entrepreneurial Leap, that book is all about helping someone who thinks they're an entrepreneur, start their business, know the right business, become a successful entrepreneur. Rocket Fuel is all about, as a visionary, finding your perfect integrator match. Traction is all about helping you implement EOS in your business and run a great business. And then the EOS life is all about how to live your ideal life as an entrepreneur. So I was doing all of that. I did all of that by 35. I was that successful entrepreneur who built something pretty incredible. Reason I'm saying all that is the answer to your question, ironically, is it was right around then 20 years ago that I started to live by these 10 disciplines. So they all started between like 20 and 25 years ago. And so what I want to do is I want to quickly give you a real fast high level of what the 10 disciplines are, because these are the 10 things that I did to really mag magnify my energy, to really magnify my performance, my output, my productivity. And so I'll go through them really fast, high level. And then what I always like to do, you know your audience better than I do, but the one or two that maybe jump out at you, we can go a little deeper into. But here are the Absolutely. 10 plans for managing and maximizing your energy. Number one, 10 your thinking. Number two, take time off. Number three, know thyself. Number four, be still. Number five, know your 100%. Number six, say no often. Number seven, don't do $25 an hour work. Number eight, prepare every night. Number nine, put everything in one place. And number 10, be humble. And so to answer your question, those are the 10 things I started doing at 35 years old that were transformative in my life. Now, out of curiosity, are those in a particular order? Okay, They're not, perfect. but I will tell you this, I obsessed about that. And there's maybe two I might flip, but honest to God, they're in a pretty darn good order. I'm thrilled with the order that they're in, but I didn't fully intend that. But uh, but they're in the best order I could put them in after obsessing about it. Yeah, thinking through it in like first order principles and order of magnitude, that's where my brain went because it's entrepreneurial like that. But the the one that sticks out to me that I, I think personally I struggle with the most and anyone who knows me personally knows this, I I don't take time off. And historically, I have not taken time off. And in fact, I'll go three, four years and not actually like do any significant like removing myself. And it's and it's not for the purpose of like, I must drive, 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 drive. Dude, I get so freaking bored if you're like, let's just watch a movie and hang out. Or if you're like, let's just not do anything for a day. I'm like, I, my brain doesn't operate. And I think a lot of people do. Now, one of them that you said, number three, which is actually one of the same principles that I teach this audience all the time, know thyself. So I know this about myself. So I don't beat myself up about not taking the time off, but a lot of people do. So many people are like, man, I, I feel like I'm a loser. If I take a vacation, blah, blah, blah. That's not my mentality. It just doesn't interest me just to be straight up. Yep. So I'm curious, how do you, how do you parlay know thyself into all of these areas of this? Cause to me, I asked you about the order. Cause I feel like that feels predominantly number one, but I understand there's no particular order here. So how do you know thyself in a way that allots you the space 
to assess all these different areas. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, and I can't help myself with to spend 30 seconds. I'd take time off because I have to challenge you. And Let's I go. built EOS worldwide over 15 years, grew 40% a year for 15 years, taking 150 days off a year, taking the month of August off every year, a monthly sabbatical. And what I learned for me, what it did is it literally made me more productive. I became more Why? productive. By turning because I was more creative, I was more clear, I was my output was better because I would take time to refresh and come back into the business seeing things clearer. Now, with that said, at the end of the day, if you work every day, and I'm assuming if you mean every day, you're talking about 365 days a year. For somebody like you, I just urge you to try one day. I don't want you to, you don't need to go take 150 days off a year. You would implode. Just try one day, just try one day. And just see what happens for you. But all I can tell you is for me, I was clearer, better, more creative. I was able to hit the reset button and 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 just much more productive when I came into the business. And it just created space for me to also do this inner work that we're talking about. So there's my impassioned plea for you. I'll back off. And, and let's go to what you're describing as my favorite discipline, and that's know thyself. And I purposely put know thyself third. Because I think it starts with 10-year thinking where you need to start thinking about every aspect of your life in 10 years and, 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 and taking time off to start to create space. But know thyself is once all 10 disciplines are in place and operating in your life, and these all work together like a puzzle, this creates space for you to really go deep into this one and know thyself. And like I said earlier, this is that zero to 100% thing. I don't know where it ends in terms of you knowing thyself. But the way I like to teach this and describe it is my goal for you and what this discipline is all about is that you will be yourself 100% of the time in every situation that you're in. That's the goal. But to be yourself, you cannot do that until you fully know thyself. And so it starts with knowing thyself. And so I always like to share a quick personal story. When I was 30, my wife threw me a 30th surprise birthday party. And I walk into this room, I hear them yell surprise. And I look at, I'm looking into a hundred sets of eyeballs from six factions of my life. And I look around this room and, and quoting myself in my mind, I looked around these six factions and I went, holy sh who in the f am I going to be today? Because what I realized is I was mm. literally six different people. There were my employees, there were my business partners, there were my high school buddies, there were my new friends, there was my family, there was my wife's family, and I was a different person for every single one of them. So imagine what I was doing to my energy. I was twisting myself in a knot. I was being something I wasn't. And so that was the aha moment where I said to myself, I am going to be me going forward and stop bending myself into a pretzel. So know thyself. My goal for everyone is to, what I like to say, let your free flag fly fully re fully free your soul and be yourself in the world and so it's a process so for me that was 30 years ago here i am 25 years later and i think i'm doing pretty darn good at being myself but man as i keep doing this work i realize whoa there's another block there's another thing i'm doing to myself where i'm not fully trusting myself i'm not fully unconditionally loving myself and so it's a journey but i am Whatever the percentage is, I am a hell of a lot more myself today than I was 25 years ago at 30. And I fully expect that 25 years from now, I'm going to be a hell of a lot more myself. And so it's a process. It's a journey. It's all part of that shedding. 
but doing the work to really understand who you are and just giving yourself permission to let your freak flag fly. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit, and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.